Hey, thanks for joining us. You're listening to Living Fountains with Pastor Jim Stewart of Calvary Chapel, Kansas City. Today, our study is in the book of 1 Samuel. If you're in a place where you can grab your Bible and follow along with us, we invite you to do so. And if you'd like more information on Living Fountains or Calvary Chapel, Kansas City, you can visit our website at calvarychapelkc.com. Now, let's join Pastor Jim for today's study. Now, does God always deliver the way we would like him to deliver? Sometimes I've found that God carries us through a situation and that's our deliverance. We wanna be delivered from a situation most of the time because we don't wanna go into the crucible situation. You know, where we get all of a sudden the dross has gotta come out and that's painful, you know, the heat goes on, you know. So we try and avoid that type of thing. And yet God's wanting to do that thing to really, really continue to set you free from yourself, from myself, from our own ambitions that are fleshy and, and, and out of line. God, God's really freeing us from the dross by putting us into that spot. And we wiggle and squirm and let me go, let me go, let me go, you know, kind of a thing. And the idea here is the deliverance of God that as David is trusting in the Lord, not in himself, he wasn't, I'm telling you that he was not gonna fight his way out of this situation, you know, in that sense, not in the natural. And God brought a wonderful, awesome deliverance. You see, when we initially gave our lives to the Lord, and many of us know subsequently, God brings deliverance into our lives. There's times where we give our lives to the Lord and all this stuff that's there, this immediate dross is just kind of taken away and God's liberated us and we're, we're new people in Jesus Christ. But is that the stopping point? See, I don't think though that's the point of beginning when God's really gonna just start this new journey that we're walking with the Lord and it's an ongoing process. The problem is we get comfortable. And so when we get comfortable, we don't, we don't wanna get rocked too hard. We, we want to, we, we kind of go back, oh, I, thanks God, I, I can take care of this one. I can deal with that. And now we're not allowing for a deliverance. We're not allowing for God to move. You know, I've wrote down a couple of scriptures. I just want to share them with you real quick. The first one is out of Second uh, Corinthians regarding God's ability to deliver. Just to kind of look at a couple of other things on this topic. In verse, uh, chapter 11 of 2 Corinthians, verse 31, Paul is describing here a listing of a bunch of things that he has gone through, the things that have happened to him as he has been a minister of the gospel of Jesus Christ. So he's listing out all of these things that have happened. Uh, let's see, labor's more abundant in stripes in verse uh, twenty. Three, middle of 23, labor's more abundant in stripes above measure, and these are whipping stripes. In prisons more frequently, in deaths often. He's dealing with people dying around him. From the Jews five times, I received 40 stripes minus one. So anybody know what that is? So that's 39, uh, five different times. Three times, I just wanna make sure you're still with me. Three times I was beaten with rods. Once I was stoned. Three times I was shipwrecked. A night and a day I've been in the deep, in journeys often, in perils of waters, in perils of robbers, in perils of my own countrymen, in perils of the Gentiles, in perils in the city, in perils in the wilderness, in perils in the sea, in perils among false brethren. That word perils there, if any of you remember when we've talked about this before from time to time, that word means intense fear expecting death. 
basically that's what it means. My life, I believe, was about to terminate. These are all oftentimes these things have occurred. In weariness and toil, in sleeplessness often, in hunger and thirst, in fastings often, in cold and nakedness, besides the other things, what comes upon me daily, my deep concern for all the churches. Who is weak and I am not weak? Who is made to stumble and I'm not, I do not burn with indignation? If I must boast, I will boast in the things which concern my infirmity. The God of our Father, of our Lord Jesus Christ, who is blessed forever, knows that I am not lying. In Damascus, the governor under Artis, the king, was guarding the city of the, in Damascus there with a garrison desiring to arrest me, but I was let down in a basket through a window in the wall and escaped from his hands. Basically what he's saying is all of these circumstances were difficult. All of these times were, were, were hard, but God delivered. God took care of me. God worked it out. As long as we live this life, God will work it out. It may not be exactly the way we want it to be, but God will work it out in a way that will ultimately be used for his honor and glory if we will but allow him to have that. It's not always gonna be the easy way. It, it certainly won't most likely be your way, but it will be God's way and it will be a good thing ultimately. God knows how to deliver us. Let's go to 2 Peter 2, 9. We'll just do a little Bible hop for a couple of minutes. 2 Peter 2.9. In verse, uh, let's back it up. Go, go to verse four of chapter two. For if God did not spare the angels who sinned, but cast them down to hell and delivered them into the chains of darkness to be reserved for judgment and did not spare the ancient world, but saved Noah, one of eight people, a preacher of righteousness, bringing in the flood on the world of the ungodly. God's wrath obviously being poured out at that time through water and only saved Noah, one of eight people, a preacher of righteousness. And turning the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah into ashes, condemned them to destruction, making them an example to those who afterward would live ungodly and delivered righteous Lot, who was oppressed by the filthy conduct of the wicked for that righteous man dwelling among them tormented his righteous soul from day to day by seeing and hearing their lawless deeds. Notice this, verse nine. Then the Lord knows how to deliver the ungodly out of temptations. God knows how to deliver his people. An important scriptural note. It's an important concept. It's a truth about the character and nature of God, that God knows how to deliver the righteous. Eventually, what is that that we would understand when we read Daniel's account, when we go into Ezekiel 37, 38, when we go back over now, we start reading Revelation, we start reading these things. We read Matthew chapter 24. We start reading some of these places and we start reading about what the end times are gonna look like. And then we start reading not only what the end times are gonna look like, but it starts to describe kind of some sequence of, of, of events of how things are gonna go. I really believe this to be true, that God knows how to deliver the righteous, that God knows how to do that and God will deliver the righteous. We gotta go on a little bit. First uh, Thessalonians, in First Thessalonians, you gotta go back from whence you've come, back toward uh, Second Corinthians a little bit. First Thessalonians, this is in the context of the last days. In verse nine is an interesting truth. 
Speaking of God's deliverance, for God did not appoint us in verse nine of chapter five of 1 Thessalonians, chapter five, verse nine, for God did not appoint us to wrath, but to obtain salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ, who died for us, that whether we wake or sleep, we should live together with him. Therefore, comfort each other and edify one another, just as you are also doing. This is all in the context of the end times, the last days. The church would be raptured and the wrath is gonna start to be poured out. We are gonna be pulled out of the scene and then man, all hell's gonna break loose here on the earth. God did not appoint us to wrath. God knows how to deliver the righteous. These are all truths from God's word, not taken out of some weird context, but knowing that that's the nature and the character of God, that prior to a cataclysmic event like that, that God knows how to deliver. Now, some of these things that we talked about was geographic. You know, we look at, you know, Sodom and Gomorrah, but it was such a perverse place that it was used as an example, as a a testament to what God's wrath being poured out on unrighteous, those who are completely rejecting God's love, God's purpose, God's plan, God's ways, completely rejecting that. Ultimately, that's what's going to happen during the tribulation period is that there's going to be this complete outpouring of God's wrath against an ungodly and unregenerate people. That, that, that's what it is. This is what's so significant about our opportunities today. As we believe and we see the prophecies being fulfilled and that we are living likely in these last days, everything's pointing to that. And if that is so, what manner of life ought we to have? What should be our purpose? What should be our focus? You see, when I read through Revelation, I look and I watch the judgments come and the things happen on this earth. I wish that upon no person. I don't care who they are or what they've done or where they've been. I just don't wish that upon anybody. And I just look at this and I say, man, opportunity today for deliverance. Not only for today, but in on into eternity that we would be delivered. Does that mean that we're not gonna experience difficult times? I know on most of our refrigerators, one of our memory verses that we like to keep on there is those who live godly, Those who desire to live godly in Christ Jesus will suffer persecution. That's one that we all like to memorize because it's one of our favorite ones, you know. But it's true though, right? If you're gonna live godly, there's gonna be persecution. It it comes with the turf, it goes with it. And when we look at some of these things and we see, man, God's got a plan, God's got a purpose. This whole thing's in motion as the clock's winding down and we're getting to that point in time when God's gonna ultimately pour out his wrath again on a Christ-rejecting world. And it's horrible to think about. You say, well, what about, are there gonna be, is there gonna be people that are Christians? Are there gonna be, yeah, there's gonna be saved people. We're gonna probably see one of the biggest, as soon as the church is raptured and all of a sudden all the people that we talk to and that we left notes for and we tell them where we're gonna leave them and we're out of the picture and they go back and they start reading, well, golly, look like, it looked like they were right. There's gonna be a big revival breakout on the face of the earth. Now they are now then tribulation saints. I do not wanna be with that group. I don't wanna be named with that group. I don't wanna be a part of that group. I wanna go with the first group. You know, I wanna be a part of that. And I, I know people don't, all, all, everybody doesn't agree with this and everything, but eventually when it happens this way, you all just say, well, gosh, Pastor Jim was right. That's awesome, you know, but uh, the reality is, the reality, because I know there's all kinds of things uh, different, but man, these are some simple truths that we can't, 
even if we have different theology on some of these things, we've got to be careful. We can't, we've got to make sure we take that part of it and fit it in there too, because God has not appointed us to wrath. So how does this fit in when that's all that's being poured out during that period of time? How do we fit with that? I know some of these things make a lot more intellectual sense, but it doesn't have to make intellectual sense. This is God. God can speak the world into being. You see, I don't have to fully understand all of it to know that God said it and it's gonna happen that way. And I take God at his simple truth. Regular guy, take him simply. And I just believe that, man, you know, he loves us and he's got a purpose for each of our lives during this time that we're here. As we learned on, on Sunday, we a great, great word from uh, Tyrone on that. I'm just gonna give you, I just wanna cite these couple of scriptures for you so you have uh, these just to look back through. So in Genesis uh, 18, beginning in, or in and around verse 23, you can read the whole portion there regarding Lot and the deliverance of Lot. So Genesis 18, beginning about verse 23 or so, you can start reading that portion of how God delivered Lot. Now, as far as Noah, because that's a great and interesting story, Noah's deliverance is Genesis 6, 7, and 8. God knows how to deliver the righteous. This is my last verse. You say, yeah, right. No, I promise. Mm, I think I do, yeah, I'm willing, I'm willing, I'm willing to promise that. Uh, Matthew chapter 24, verse 32. Now learn this parable from the fig tree. When its branch has already become tender and puts forth leaves, you'll know that summer is near. And oftentimes in typology and our understanding of scriptures that the fig tree represents the nation Israel. So from the time it branches, you know, has already become tender and puts forth leaves, you know, this, this new work there, man, know that summer is near. You, we're getting close to the end, the clock's ticking. And so that started ticking for us, that particular clock in 1948, when Israel became a nation again. Do you think God, you, do you think maybe God's got a plan just perchance that maybe there's a big picture plan? They are the only people group on the face of the earth that maintained a national identity without a homeland. And for that for about a couple thousand years. They're the only people group on the face of the earth that have ever maintained a national identity without a homeland. And again, they did that for about 2,000 years. That's radical stuff. That, that, you think, what, what are the chances of something like that happening? We'd all want to buy in on the odds on that. I mean, this is just, that's craziness. They're the only people on the face of the earth that that has ever happened to. God's got a plan. And you know, isn't it interesting that it took the Holocaust? It's unfortunate, grievous, horrible. But because of that cataclysm, catastrophic event that took place, it then created international favor for them as a people group and allowed in that moment, that sliver of time, just that dot on a piece of paper, that moment of time that it would be approved that they could form their homeland. What are the, 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 look at our world. What are the chances of something like that? I mean, it's just, it's not, it's not humanly possible. It's just absolutely God is at work. So man, you know that summer is near. So you also, when you see all these things, know that it is near at the doors. Surely I say to you, this generation will by no means pass away till all things take place. 
You say, well, wait a minute. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will by no means pass away. This is Jesus speaking about this. And this is speaking of these last days. Now, I wanna give you a couple of things to think about. How long is a generation? Well, it's 40 years, of course, you know? Okay, I'm not gonna dispute that. In several places in scripture, that is true. In Genesis, in places, it's 100 years. And in the Psalms, there's places where it's 70 years. So how long is a generation? I don't know, it could be 40, it could be 70, it could be 100. Not sure, I guess, huh? God's ways are not our ways. A thousand years is a day and a day is a thousand years. I, I'm not gonna try and figure out and calculate all this. If no man knows the day or the hour. The Bible's clear on that. But of that day and hour, no one knows. I got ahead of myself in verse 36. Not even the angels of heaven, but my father only. But as the days, and look at who gets brought up in verse 37. But as the days of Noah were, so also will be the coming of the son of man be is the days of Noah. What was going on in Noah's time? Again, go back and read Genesis 6, 7, and 8. There was population explosion, and they were people were just completely rejected anything to do with God. Righteous Noah, the preacher of righteousness, they thought that guy was the biggest goofball, literally, on the face of the earth. It had never rained before, kind of this mist kind of comes over. There's this dew-like uh, mist that kind of just waters things. And it's just the, the, earth, the creation upon its original design was a little bit different than what we have. As far as weather systems and stuff, it was just different. It was more of a, I would seemingly in its description is a little more tropical in its environment. That's the best way I can understand it in my simple mind. But there wasn't rainstorms like we have. So they think this guy's building this boat and he's out in you know, the wilderness building this, but what a goofball. And look at his, he's got his dumb sons are doing the same thing with him. And the daughter-in-laws, they've all jumped on, signed on with it. What about, they're just freaks, man. Yeah, okay, fair enough. So they keep working on the boat, keep working on the boat. Everybody's making fun of them. Everybody's, those who live godly in Christ Jesus will suffer persecution and make fun of. The best thing to watch on this is Hanna-Barbera, a number of years ago, probably 20-some years ago, maybe 25 years ago, did a really cool uh, cartoon series on this. And Hanna-Barbera makes great cartoons. I recommend you, if you can acquire this, it's a great uh, video. Now, maybe it's on disc, of course, but uh, it's great. It's got the guys all jeering, making fun of him and stuff. I just think it's great. And, and just bagging on Noah for building the ark and all this stuff. It's all a big joke. He's a town fool. That's what rain sounds like when it first starts. That's like our first rain sounded like that. But it's raindrops hitting, raindrops hitting, raindrops hitting. And it doesn't stop. It's typhoon. It just keeps coming down. It's monsoonal rains. It just keeps happening, keeps happening. Noah's told, get in the ark, take the critters with you. I know we've all got a lot of questions on why certain things got on board. I can't explain any of that either. But there's all the critters getting on board with it, right? But I want you to notice closely when you read the account of who closed the door. Just notice that, who closed the door. These are all significant little nuances that you wanna grab a hold of. You say, yeah, who closed the door? Noah didn't struggle and get, oh gosh, we're gonna, you know, we're gonna take on water. You know, I mean, he didn't freak out about anything. You know, just God just closed the door. Now I met an older couple when I was in Japan in Sendai. We went into Ishinomaki and I told you about this maybe, but. I met this older couple. And when I was talking with them, 
they were telling us, and they had this two-story place with a little bit up higher balcony that they could get to. And in this little spot part of Ishinomaki, it was right on the water. It was a little bay area. And they were describing as the sirens didn't go off when the tsunami was coming. They survived the earthquake. They started running around talking with their friends because they had heard something on a radio announcement that there was something else happening. There's something coming. They did, it wasn't perfectly clear to them, but they knew it was potentially tsunami. They, they, they're aware that that's possible with that kind of a mass violent. It was a 9.0 earthquake. It was huge, you know? And it went on for a few minutes. It was really bad. So they ran around talking to the neighbors, come over to our house, come over to our house, come over to our house. They could not talk about this. And they're, the Japanese are very non-emotional, but they couldn't tell us this without emotion and passion as they're describing this to it. This older couple describing this event to us. We ran, and, and mind you, these people have lived there their whole lives. They know everybody around there. They're generationally people that live in a place for generation after generation after generation. They run around, they're talking to their friends and they're telling their friends, come up to our place, come up to our place, come up to our place, come on up, come on up, just like Noah. Just like Noah. You can find, there's safety, come up to our place, come up to our, we got higher, come up to our place, find, take shelter, take safety. They get up to the thing, they wait up there and all of a sudden they can see the water coming. And as the tidal wave hits, they're in a spot where it probably hit 20, 25 feet in their area, comes in and it hits them and they're, they're up at the top and they're looking around and they're listening to all their friends screaming and then perishing. It's horrible, that's their reality. You see, this is the thing. This is the significance of the message that you and I have, of the gospel, the good news that we have, that we get the privilege to share with other people, please come into the ark. Come into the personal relationship with Jesus Christ and be spared. Whether you're pre-trib, mid-trib, or post-trib, either way, we obviously know that salvation is of the Lord, regardless, right? And we can agree on that for sure, that man's salvation is only gonna be found in the person of Jesus Christ and ultimately, if people leave the planet without the Lord, there's no going back. What an opportunity. God knows how to deliver the righteous. God knows how to do it. So I just encourage you, man, with that word, that thought, stay with it. It's a good work. Be sober about it, knowing that, man, things can change quickly. Leave people with a good word, you know? Leave things good, you know? It's wise. A wise person does that. Man, leave things on good terms as best as you possibly can for all of us because life's short and things can change quickly. Thank you so much uh, for listening today. This is Pastor Jim, and I'm really blessed that you've tuned in, and I, I hope that uh, God's really doing a, a fresh new work in your life. And oftentimes, uh, when we hear messages like today's message, the Lord starts to tug on our hearts, and, and he, he wants to hear from us. He wants our response, and that's just a prayer, a simple prayer of faith. And maybe you just need to get right with God. Maybe you need to repent and turn your life back over to the Lord. Maybe you just need to give your life to Jesus, and you've never done that before. This is your time. This is your opportunity. God's word goes out. 
and he's making himself known, and he wants you to live and have everlasting life. Incline your ear and come to him. And so Jesus is calling out to you, and it's your opportunity to respond and call back to him and just open that door in your heart. It's a simple response in prayer. It doesn't matter where you are or what you're doing. If you just pray this simple prayer of faith, God will come into your life and make your heart his home. Jesus, I ask that you would do just that. Make my heart your home, that you would come in and forgive me of my sin. I want to ask you to be my personal Lord and Savior. I know this isn't about religion. It's about a relationship, and I want to start that relationship. You're calling out to me. I'm thirsty. I'm hungry. I'm in need of spiritual help. And so I'm calling out to you, God, asking that you would help me. Thank you for forgiving me. Thank you for making yourself known to me. And Lord, I just want to receive that gift of everlasting life. I want to thank you for it right now. And I ask all this in Jesus' name. Amen. If you prayed and received the Lord into your heart today, we'd love to hear from you. You can contact us or another Bible teaching church in your area so you may be encouraged in your new journey. If you'd like more information about Living Fountains or Calvary Chapel, Kansas City, simply visit our website at calvarychapelkc.com. And if you're social media savvy, you can like us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash calvarychapelkc. Also, Living Fountains podcasts are available in the iTunes store now, and you can download them at no cost. If you're in the Kansas City area and you'd like to join us for worship, we meet in Overland Park on Sunday mornings. The service times and directions can be found at calvarychapelkc.com or you can simply contact the church office at 913-681-1635. It's been great spending time with you today in God's Word and we look forward to you joining us next time on Living Fountains.